Somebody get the lights for us. So I can take this. The light team. All right. Get this. I don't want to trip on stuff here. All right. Before we get started, let's go ahead and have a prayer. All right, dear God, I thank you for this time of corporate worship together. I pray that as I'm up here speaking, that it would not be me speaking, but you speaking through me. It'd be your words. I pray that we would just be aware of your Holy Spirit right now speaking to us through your scripture, and that we'd be um, open to what the Holy Spirit has to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Now, um, today I want to share with you all the good news, and the good news in that in sharing transformative life with Jesus together and pursuing a common mission together, God is uniting us together and ending the divisions of us versus them. But first, before we do that, let's talk about why we need this good news. So, Right now, I feel like, you know, our nation is divided more than ever. Do you guys agree? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're so divided. Um, here you can see a picture of some protesters and some counter-protesters fighting and riding together. I think we're divided in many ways, right? We're divided politically, um, obviously. We're divided uh, racially. Um, it may be different um, interests that we have. We're divided um, by spiritual spirituality, things like that. So lots of reasons and why we're divided and how we're divided. And so, like, first, I didn't know, I think you guys probably didn't expect we're going to do some, like, graphs and do some math stuff <laughs> just to show how divided we are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess go right. I go back to that one. Thanks, Blanc. It's like, wait a minute. All right, so if you can see here, over the last 20 years, we become even more different in our viewpoints. So you can see, like, the graph is, like, slowly shifting outwards. So there's less common ground between political viewpoints as the years have gone by. There's less things for us to agree upon. It's just becoming more opposite, right? And if you go to the next one, even besides us being having opposite viewpoints in the spectrum politically, we're also just really disliking each other if you have different viewpoints um, politically, right? So if you can see here, a large chunk of people are un have an unfavorable, unfavorable, that's a hard word to say for me, view of each other and even think that they're a threat to democracy or a threat to our well-being as a country. So it's not that we don't even agree, it's that we think the other person is wrong and they're we don't like them, and they're evil, right? Uh, also, uh, the next slide, Blanca. We are divided as a country on, you know, in church, right? This is an older quote, but obviously it's an amazing quote by Martin Luther King. Uh, from 11 to noon each Sunday is the most segregated hour of the week. Ah, it hurts, right? It burns. And so we think about that as that churches are racially divided. You know, we can go to churches, it's mostly the same race. Um, in the United States, it actually has improved. It has been, in the last 10 years, gone from 10% of Christian churches are racially considered racially diverse to now 20%, so there has been in some increase. To be considered racially diverse, you just need about um, 20%, so a coincidence with the percentages there. 20% of the church has to be a different, different race. So, yeah, so I mean, obviously, as well as like, you know, racially in our churches, we are also divided ideologically, theologically as well, as you can see of different denominations and the fighting within those, right? And I think this is exacerbated by 
uh, social media and media in general, where you get to like what's called these echo chambers. Have you guys ever heard that phrase? Yeah, so we're like, you can kind of see with the picture there. You're saying, and you have your beliefs, and then you're hearing the exact same beliefs. Um, you, there's like these algorithms in social media, all of them, or kind of helps you to see the same things that you want to see, or that you already believe, okay? So you're like, yeah, you're just trying to hear from people who are already like you, and who already have the same beliefs as you. All right, see so my notes here are done with one page. I'll just throw it to the ground, I guess. <laughs> All right, done. All right, so it reminds me of this quote here from a, it's a little bit of a mistake, Katina Ta, but I couldn't, I couldn't fix this quote. It's in it's a little screenshot here. Um, this is from Jamar Tisby. He's a, he wrote one of the books that I really enjoy. He says, someone who is not a Christian described their general experience with white evangelicals, evangelicals as people who don't have any questions. I immediately knew what they meant, and I'm going to be thinking about that statement a long time. So we, I think in the church, sometimes we are yeah, worst at this, is like being part of these echo chambers or not actually asking questions or kind of having this mindset of that it's us versus the world, right? It's us against them. And there are some, there is a little bit of truth to that in some ways, but really it's, it's, it's bad news. It's believing the lie that it's us versus them. It's this group versus that group, these people versus that people on different viewpoints. But today, again, we're going to declare this good news today that as we share transformative life with Jesus together and as we pursue a common mission together, God is uniting us and ending divisions of us versus them. So let's take a look at what this looks like in our scripture now. So today we're going to be in Acts 22, but first let's look at the context of the chapter before, Acts 21. So if you just get the picture of what happened in Acts 21, Paul's just minding his his own business, he's just walking around, and then someone just says, hey, that's that guy. And what he says, they say, fellow Israelites, help us, this is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people and our law, and this place, and besides, he has, brought, he has brought Greeks into the temple and defied this holy place. Paul's just like, I'm just walking around, minding my own business, why is this guy yelling at me? And then what happens next, which is pretty crazy, is that he forms a mob, and they start beating this guy, they start beating Paul, he's almost going to die, <laughs> right? And then the only thing that saves his life is a Roman soldier comes up and they stop the fight, stop the mob, right? And then Paul has so much courage, he so first they say, okay, put this man in chains. He gets in chains. And then Paul asks the guard, he's like, hey, could I speak to the crowd? That's crazy, right? <laughs> like, what the heck? So there's those people just try to kill him. And then Paul's like, hey, I want to speak to these people right now. And so that's, uh, that's Acts 22. That's what it's about is like Jesus, or sorry, Paul sharing what happened. And it's crazy just in Acts 21 you can see that theme of us versus them right he talked you know, the people the person who started the riot was like they said you need to go back one slide Blanca sorry <laughs> it's hard because you don't know what I'm going to do right they're like our people our law and then they're mad because you know Paul is taking the gospel to the Greeks right it's us our team versus the other people us versus them right so that's what made them mad so all right so we'll go back to this slide thanks Blanca so Acts 22, first thing that Paul starts his speech out with is he shares his testimony to the crowd of how he met Jesus and what Jesus is doing in his life. 
Now, that could be another really good sermon, but that's not the sermon for today about the importance of sharing your testimony. And so then after that, next slide, Blanca. And then Paul talks some more. We'll skip a couple of verses here. <laughs> and then uh, he says this. This is the part that really stood out to me here. He says, Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And then what do you guys think the crowd did? What, were they happy about it? It's interesting, actually. It says the crowd listened to Paul until he said this. So that's kind of crazy. Like, they just were trying to kill him, and then they started listening to him. So, okay, that's cool. But then they said, then they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him. He's not fit to live. They're going to try to kill him again. (laughs) So why do you guys think, this is a rhetorical question, why do you think they acted this way? That's that's crazy, right? Why do you think they acted this way? Now, go to the next slide. It's they had this binary thinking. It's either us or them, right? See the theme. It's either we kill Paul or what his actions are doing are killing us or killing our team, right? We need to kill him because before he destroys us. There was no us together. It was us or them, right? It was us, the Jews, versus the Greeks or versus the Romans, whoever that is. If you aren't a part of us and our team, then you're against us. And we need to destroy you. It was that binary thinking, right? So we're going to take like three times today to reflect. Because I'm going to say a couple things, but I want really hopefully the Holy Spirit to be speaking to you. So I want you to be thinking about, just for take a minute to reflect. This is our first one out of three. How have you seen this bad news of us versus them in your life? And how has it even played out in this church? Now, before we start reflecting, I, I was reflecting about our church, New Creation, and just how grateful I am for this church. We have a very diverse church, and we have, I know we could be even more diverse, but also we're very diverse politically. If you guys didn't know, if you know we put each other's political opinions, uh, we're very diverse in many ways, and I'm thankful for that. But there's still more ways that Holy Spirit can be speaking to us right now of how this bad news plays out in your life. So take about a minute or so, a little bit of awkward silence, and just listen to the Holy Spirit before we move on to hearing more about the good news. All right, thanks for reflecting. I usually would use my timer when I'm leading trainings. It probably was not a minute. <laughs> like, a, If you stand here, you're kind of like, oh, it's too much time. All right, we'll do that two more times, so just be ready. Okay, it's a lot of times reflecting a sermon, but it's okay. All right, so again, we're going to come back to our good news now and seeing how this is played out in some our life and culture and in Scripture. So the good news, again, is that in sharing transformative life together with Jesus and pursuing a common mission together, God is uniting us and ending the divisions of us versus them. We're going to keep repeating that because that's our good news today. So first we're going to watch a quick clip of one of my favorite... Um, books and movies, <laughs> because it perfectly illustrates this good news. So as uh, Blanc is getting the timestamp ready, just to give a little bit of context. So yes, it's uh, Lord of the Rings, and they're the Fellowship of the Ring. They're trying to get ready, okay, trying to decide, how do we destroy this evil ring that's from Sauron? And there's this group of elves, and there's a group of dwarfs and humans, and they're all fighting, and they're all so different. And they're like, how do we get along? How do we how do we do this? What are we going to do? And it starts off with the famous meme. One does not simply... <laughs> All right, so ready, Blanca? 
All right. Anybody need any tissue? Now that was an emotional scene there. You know, so good. But yeah, just beautiful picture of the good news. You have these people who are, are I guess, elves. And you know, I don't know if it, are they people. I don't know. They're fighting. There's elves that hate the dwarves, right? The the hobbits are just there for just kind of going along for the ride, just trying to get some good food out of it. The humans are in there in there just for themselves, and then they come together. Um, because Frodo, with his humbleness, is like, I'll do it, right? And like, I trust, I trust a hobbit. <laughs> and they have this common mission together. And then if you watch the movies, they have this shared life together. They're, they're walking, they get to know each other, they're walking throughout Middle Earth. A lot of the movies are just them walking around, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just them living life together and then growing and getting to know each other, growing close to each other, right? All right, let's look at another example. We've got lots of clips here today, guys. Um, all right, it just jumps in. Now, this one is um, a biblical example, and it's from a, a great show called The Chosen. And it's, we also see this good news play out in the choosing of the disciples and the first formation of Christianity in the church. So let's see, let's see this example as well. Matthew. Matthew, son of Alphaeus. Yes. Follow me. Me? Yes, you. Oh. What do you want? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. You have any idea what this guy's done? Yes, no? Yes. Listen, I said it. What are you doing? Where do you think you're going, guys? Let me go. and pause there. All right. Very powerful, right? And it just beautifully shows how it's like, you can't invite him. <laughs> He's a tax collector. And as you know, or hopefully know, that yeah, they hated the tax collectors, right? And Jesus like, get used to this. Get used to different. Get used to us uniting together. And they had this common mission together, you know, to, to pursue Jesus together uh, as a follower of him. And as a follower of Jesus, to pursue you know, sharing the gospel and the good news and making things new. And they shared life together. You know, they walked, walked around, same like Lord of the Rings, right? And they had that, um, yeah, lots of walking around in the back in the days. No cars, right? And same for another example, when Jesus called Simon the Zealot. Anybody heard of him, another of the disciples? Well, the Zealots were a radical political group. And their goal was to overthrow the Roman government by any means necessary, 
So even that, if, if that meant, meant a force, you know, assassinations, and still Jesus called them, who was Simon, who was very different from all the other disciples as well. So it's just pulling this group of people who have all these different viewpoints and uniting them together. All right, let's look at some scripture, some more scripture. All right, so Hebrews 12, uh, verses 1 to 2. So let me read those for us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I forgot to highlight that one. <laughs> the Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So lots of great stuff in this. I think first thing I want to focus on is the eyes on Jesus, the common ground. Jesus is our common ground. I love the example of the rowing team. As you can, if you see that picture, they all have their eyes fixed on their leader. I looked up what the leader is called. It's called a coxswain. Pretty interesting. But yeah, you see all these people are on the rowing team, and this person, their leader, is kind of giving them the directions of when to row. That person is steering them, but they all have their eyes fixed on that person. All these people, they're all different, They all, even though they all kind of look the same. <laughs> but they all are different. They're coming together, but they're uniting under a common mission, and their eyes are all fixed on Jesus together. Just like in this church, we all have our differences and different beliefs, and in this, in this world, we have our differences, but we have our common ground is Jesus. And that's who we focus on and that's who we keep our eyes on. Jesus is our common ground. And the cool thing is, like, I love this image in this whole scripture of running a race. You know, that's why I chose the rowing race as an example. And as we are running this race, we can kind of get in this picture in our mind that we are running the race by ourselves. But in actuality, God is running the race with us and for us in a way. He's like, he's inviting us to join him as we run this race. So a a great example, and if anybody's heard of the story of Dick Hoyt, he had a son who had, um, yeah, Dick Hoyt passed away, but he had a son who had cerebral palsy and he was in a wheelchair. But that son really loved races. He wanted to be a part of races. And what the dad decided is that he was going to push him in a wheelchair for marathons. That's pretty hardcore, right? So by the end, by the time Decoit passed away, he had pushed his son in a thousand marathons. That's crazy. I can't even imagine doing one marathon, and let alone pushing a wheelchair during that. And so that's kind of like in my mind how I picture this, that God is inviting us, and he's pushing us along the way. It's not our doing, but it's God through us as we run this race together, right? And then the last part that I love from this scripture is that we do this together. You can see how I highlighted where it says we and us and us, and I missed one of the S's to highlight, but we are doing this together. We are running the the race together. And then I forgot to put up in verse 3, where it says, so that we do not grow weary. So it, it's easy. Life is hard, right? It's easy to grow weary if we're not running this race together. And it's easy to divide amongst ourselves if we're not fixing our eyes on Jesus as well. Um, an example from my life, it's, it can, it's hard for me to want to be vulnerable or to share what I need prayers on. But every single time where I've listened to the Holy Spirit at this church and like, 
Josh, you just got to ask for prayer for this, or you got to open up um, to your brothers and sisters in Christ. God has met me <laughs> in that, in that vulnerability when I've shared about, you know, our family's health, with the stuff around, with our house, with our um, parenting struggles. When I've shared all those things, God has met me um, through you all, and yeah, I appreciate that. And it just, it's helped me to not grow as weary, and it's helped me to keep my eyes on Jesus as well. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. All right, ready for our second reflection. So let's, during this time, I want you to be thinking about that good news of sharing life with Jesus together and sharing life with their eyes on Jesus. And I want you to be thinking about what are some things in your life that you feel the Holy Spirit prompting in you to open up and to share with your church. Some things that maybe has been hard in your life, some struggles that you've been going through, and some things that you're avoiding, you've been actively avoiding to share with others. So take a little, about a minute, or until I feel too awkward to let you guys be silent anymore. (laughs) It's a minute. All right, let's go to our last part now. So again, we talked about how we had a um, shared life together, focusing on Jesus. We also have a common mission together. Just like in the Lord of the Rings, their common mission was to destroy the ring in Mount Doom. Doom, you know. <laughs> and so that is, we have a common mission together, and that's what also unites us. We work with God to share the good news, to share the gospel, to make all things new, to help people to meet Jesus so that their lives are changed, so they have a new heart, so they have a new life together. Right? And then some of the focus of this church um, specifically of bringing peace, justice, flourishing of this area around us, International District, to bring the gospel of new creation, the gospel of Jesus and dying on the cross, you know, and bringing us new life through that death and burial and resurrection. We're sharing that, right? And there's, yeah, such hope in that. There's such um, un- unity and unifying um, part in doing that together and serving together. And so just another quick reflection for that and just listening to the Holy Spirit. So we can go ahead and next slide, Blanca. All right, so one last quick one is I want you to think about what are ways in which God is asking you to join him in his mission with his church. It doesn't mean with just new creation, but with just the global church. What is God prompting you to do? What are some things that he's been nudging you lately that maybe you haven't been listening to? So another quick, we'll say 30 second reflection. All right. And then let's proclaim that good news one more time. So if you can go to that next slide. Thank you, Blanca. So in sharing a transformative life with Jesus together and pursuing a common mission together, God is uniting us and ending the divisions of us versus them. And before we close, I want to end with this poem, actually. If you go to the next slide, Blanca, thank you. There is a, um, a poet that I've been really enjoying named Drew Jackson, and he's writing poems through the book of Luke. And I'm going to read a poem from the, um, Luke chapter 5, 24 through 26. And this poem is whenever it's written from the verses where Jesus is telling the, the paralyzed man to stand up. And so I re- as I read this, I want us to think about us saying this to each other. That now that, we, now that God has made all things new, now that God is uniting us and bringing us together as we focus on him, let's rise up together as a people together and do what this poem says. So let me read this. 
rise up. Rise up, my people. It's time to shake the dust. It's time to claim your dignity. Enough has been enough. Rise up, rise up, my people, and live in shame no more. Go strut into the future light. There's greatness that's in store. Rise up, rise up, my people, and lift your voices high. Let's sing the song that freedom brings. Our sound will never die. Rise up, rise up, my people. Go on and talk that talk. Put swagger in your step today. It's time to rise up and walk. All right, so as we get ready to sing, and he's going to lead us in some worship, I've always loved singing. I grew up in a church where we sang a lot, and we actually sang a cappella. But I think the cool thing about singing, the next slide, Blanca, is that it's an act of defiance and, um, to the culture, to the thinking of us versus them. Because we are all different, but we are uniting in song together trying our best to harmonize, right? And um, proclaiming together that Jesus has united us, that Jesus is the reason why we're here, and that Jesus is our mission, and that Jesus is our vision as we sing together. All right, so let's sing. Let's sing. 